Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. We are about to catch up with Lindsay Sterling, one of the queens of Christmas, plus one of the greatest violinists to ever do it. So excited to talk to her. She also has a show on AMP, their live radio service that we work for. She's very cool. And today's interview with Lindsay is being delivered to you by GoPuff. Try out GoPuff whenever you need something delivered. Literally, whatever you need this holiday season, trust GoPuff to get it to you. This is not a drill. They are the best convenience store out there. Thousands of items available in the palm of your hand. From snacks to booze to holiday stuff. Literally whatever you need, GoPuff will get it to you instantly. And if you want to save money, use my code Zach10 when you're checking out. That is Zach10 and you'll save $10 off your first two orders. Come on now. Try out GoPuff. You won't hate it. I promise. Now let's talk to Lindsey Sterling. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Daniel. Welcome to the studio. Uh, a friend, a expert, incredible violinist, maybe possibly one of the greatest violinists to exist in our lifetime, and also an amp host here. Aha! Yes, a fellow amp host. This is so fun. We welcome Lindsay Sterling to the studio. Woo! Thanks for having me. Is that like a fair or dramatic way to express like you as a violinist? Because you are... I, when I think who the fuck else is playing violin and making it, I mean, even without it being cool, who is playing violin in a meaningful way that is actually resonating and, and making its way onto people's radars and into their life? Who I can't think of another person. Well, you know, it's funny when people sometimes do describe me as like one of the greatest violinists of our time. I almost like cringe inside to be like, oh, like, don't say that. Um, I think I am probably the most creative violinist out there, and I've definitely taken it to places that it hasn't gone before. But, you know, if you were put me up against like another classical violinist, you know, but then again, that's my own insecurity talking, and I need to let go of that and not worry. Like, I never set out to be the best. I just set out to do it in a fun way that meant something to me. And, and it's been, and I just feel so lucky that it's meant something to other people, but. Yeah. Do you will you watch another violinist play like a classical violinist and be impressed by their work? A thousand percent. Like you know, the amount of time I put into my craft gets so divided because I'm like a costumer. I'm also yeah. a dancer. I now do aerial stuff. Like I, I'm a creative director. I, you know, I'm an editor. I, I put you know lots of time into my craft, but it gets so divided. Where a classical violinist, they put all of that time into the performance and the technique and so I watch a classical violinist play and it's just like mind-blowing to me because I know what it takes mm. and you know it's like I've had to sacrifice that level of perfection in order to be able to be kind of the artist version of a violinist and that's do you do most people go at the violin well I think most people get into violin with the goal of 
playing professionally, and most professional violinists happen to be classically trained and play classical music, correct? Right. Very few tour. Right. Like with a with a normal pop band for per se. Right. I mean, here's the thing: is as a violinist, you're taught uh, to be really great at recreating. You know, like mm. like you're given a piece of paper that's got lots of black dots on it mm. and all these annotations. And I was a classical violinist, you know, up until I was, you know, 20. And so I just got so burnt out of being expected to regurgitate perfectly. And and I was like, you know what? I, I'm either going to quit or I need to find a way to create with this and make it my own. And so that's when I started writing music and being like, how can I be, have fun and be creative and not just be expected to be perfect the way that this page that was written 300 years ago yeah. tells me to play that, and that's yeah there's no creativity there and there's nothing wrong with that it just for me i've realized i'm like through and through a creative soul and being and i needed to you know be able to put that into it for me so do you you talk about <laughs> sacrificing you know the time you put into building this persona that is lindsey sterling all the costumes the aerial work. I mean, there is so much that goes into just a single fucking stage show of yours. It's actually absolutely wild. Oh, thank you. Do you sacrifice the sound of the violin to make some of those things actually work? I mean, a hundred percent. Like I, when you're, when I'm dancing and spinning and jumping, it's like I work so hard to make sure that it is a good sound. You know, like I'm not going to go out there and sacrifice the sound to the extent where I'm like, sorry, it doesn't sound very good, but my pirouette was great. You know, like, <laughs> It's got a, but the same way, like a singer could probably sing a little bit better if they're not, you know, dancing around. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's definitely a tiny bit of sacrifice, but I'm always kind of weighing it as I'm getting closer to tour and evaluating, all right, this choreography, is it the thing where it's just hard because I'm learning it? Or is it the kind of thing where I need to pull it back, you know? Because um, you have to find that level of like that it's a performance. People don't yeah. come to see a perfect violin performance from me. They come to hear a great performance and see a great performance. Um, so just finding that balance constantly of like, I can't sacrifice too much on either end. It's real. That's It, it is so fascinating because the truth is like, you've built an entire universe around a violin you are one of the mothers of Christmas. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, this is your time. So when do, we, when do we start Christmas planning in your year? So I started Christmas planning in um, February this year. <laughs> right? I've I've been in Christmas oh all year long. So what is this? It's just not stop Christmas. Do you this keep year. Tre- do you keep trees up? Um, I mean, I have it right now. It's decorated with Halloween decorations. Okay. I will say Taste. it's a Halloween. Yes, we're we're being classy over there. Um, but uh, this year was especially long of a season because I wrote a Christmas music or a Christmas album mm-hmm. in February and March, and then you know you're mixing it in April. Then you start kind of creating the music videos in the summer. Then you start planning the tour in the fall, filming a million TikToks along the way, mm-hmm. and boom, I'm gonna be super ready for Christmas this year. Uh, how? From tour to tour, because you've done this Christmas tour many times, but is, is, yeah. is, do you change it from from year to year? Yeah, we. I mean, I always want to change it because there's always people that will say, I, I come to your show, your Christmas show every year. They've kind of yeah. built it into their holiday but tradition. It's Radio City, baby. That's yeah. right. I'm a new rocket just with a violin. <laughs> um, but this year it's a totally brand new tour because finally I had new music to play off yeah. of, you know, a whole new albums, you know, so it was like, oh my gosh, we're doing all new costumes. We're doing all new choreo. Like everything's brand spanking new. So Snow Waltz. Snow Waltz. Yes. 
I, did you notice I raised my nose as I said it? <laughs> like, what does that really mean? Snow waltz? Yeah, what does it mean to waltz in the snow? Oh, can you close your eyes and just imagine it? It's either misery or it's pure mm. magic. Honestly, I'm feeling the magic, baby. Thank yeah. you. That's what I, I would hope. Like, you see yourself in a beautiful, well, sorry, me, a beautiful dress. <laughs> you can be in a dress too, though. It's 2022. Um <laughs> And, you know, I it's funny because that was just a temp name for one of the for the song Snow Waltz. As we finished the writing session, they're like, uh, what do you want to call, you know, this demo? And I was like, ah, uh, Snow Waltz. It was in 3-4. Three, 3-4 four. Three, four is a waltz tempo and a waltz uh, meter. And uh, anyways, it just stuck and ended up being the whole album name. And um, it, yeah, like I said, it's either misery I, in your mind or it's magic. <laughs> no, it's magic. <laughs> no, I love it. You apply the, your, your classical ear to what you do every day. For sure, yes. I just heard it. Oh, thank like, you. Even I, I, there's a lot of pop musicians in here would not know what a fucking meter is or what meter a waltz has to be, whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, you know, my experience on Dancing with the Stars also mm, taught me taste. what mm. a waltz is, a traditional waltz. So who knew that Dancing with the Stars would help me even, you know, uh, musically understand certain things even, you know, even I, more. I went to see you on Dancing with the Stars. You were so nice. I went with my mom. Oh, that's right. You were the you were the kindest person, but also you played what you you danced with your violin. You did the thing, God, Dancing with the Stars, and now it's on oh, Disney Plus. It is, yeah. I, I recently went. I haven't been back to a taping like since I was on the show, but my old partner Mark Ballas is on right now with actually Charlie D'Amelio. Oh, he's gonna win. Oh, yeah, he's gonna win. Yeah. They're incredible. <laughs> But I went back to like support him because I was like, if you ever go back on the show, I'm going to be there front and center. So I went to cheer him on. And the amount of anxiety that crept into my body, <laughs> one, as I walked into the studio, but secondly, at, like something on TV or, or, you know, Disney Plus, when you're watching it, you don't hear is this every time the dancers are on the dance floor and they're about to start their dance, there's this. It's terrible. This click that counts you in and. Everything in your mind goes blank. Every muscle in your body tenses up as you know that you're about to go live doing a foxtrot in heels <laughs> and like pretending like you're a dancer and you're just like, I do not know what I'm doing. It's absolutely terrifying. But anyways, it was just funny. The amount of anxiety that like muscle memory came back to me just sitting in that room, even though I was just enjoying <laughs> Were you? <laughs> Slightly enjoying as I was like having a meltdown in my seat. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm palpitating. Okay, That's, it's really scary. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. You you need to be on it. No, I'm I would love to see that. <laughs> oh, it would you would be so charming. I, you get voted out first round. No, 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 no. no I'll figure it out. <laughs> Disney Plus, if you want me, I'm more than available, and I will make myself available, even though it's a huge time commitment. That's it really is scary. To huge. Me. It is a full time job. Yeah. Like between all the rehearsal, like you have to learn two dances a week, and you and don't stop your normal job, which is even crazier. When I was on that show, I swear I slept like three hours a night That's for three months because I was also, I was doing a tour that year. I just had an album come out, so I was doing press. I was also going back and forth from coast to coast, dragging my poor partner on flights every week. It was you, a lot. Do you look back at that and go, how? Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, as I prepare for a tour now and I'm already feeling kind of tired from all the different things I'm doing, I'm like, how did I do all this while competing on that show like i we would dance for six hours a day so i'm like i don't know i don't know how i we did it but you know the body's an amazing thing that's it when you push it and that's kind of that's really why i want to do dancing with the stars is <gasps> I want, you do, okay i'm gonna put in a good word for you I, please I, I i'm i'm gonna have that body transformation story you yeah know? you're gonna see me preseason <laughs> schlubby me giving off mr rogers who ate another person energy and love it I, then at the end of it, I'm going to come out just felt. 
Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, the pounds just drop off when you're dancing that much a That's day. It's crazy. like you can't help it. Like, I remember Drew Scott was on my season. He's one of the property brothers. Mm-hmm. He's tall, lanky dude. He turned into a literal skeleton. He was <laughs> he was trying to keep on the weight. And we were all just worried he was going to, like, evaporate. Because it's nonstop movement. Your heart yeah. is always going. It's yeah. like, it is so physically demanding. And it's people that aren't used to that kind of stuff, too. Totally. So it's not like you're kind of ready and prepped for that kind of wear and tear. Your body's like, what's happening? No, it's shock. Like you're, I, <laughs> Literally going into shock. But did you want to win? Real, did, you, did you want to win really bad? Mm. I wanted to win so bad, like probably <laughs> more than I've wanted almost anything. I freaking look back at it. I'm still like, I want that mirror ball. Oh, I was so close. Like I didn't get the, the little mirror trophy. <laughs> And Jordan Fisher won that year, right? He did. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, he's great. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't be mad that I got beat by Jordan Fisher, but, you know, I could just be proud that I, I got second. You well, know? yeah, you, I mean, come on, sis. We had a great time. <laughs> you did so well. Thank you. Like, Thank you. When you look back at that, do you go, okay, I can do anything now? And like this, even putting putting this tour together, do, do things get easier after you accomplish that? You know what? I think that there are those little key moments in your life when you do something really hard and you definitely look back on that as a like staple of your life of like if I did that I can do this mm. and I've got a couple of those in my little wallet that I look back on one of them is definitely dancing with the stars <laughs> <laughs> what other exists in that wallet okay <clears throat> my biggest one in that is um during the pandemic I decided I'd always wanted to try this aerial art um called hair hanging and it's, I saw it in a Cirque du Soleil show. And the thing is, you're supposed to go to a Cirque show and experience it and think, wow, that's like, they, they did that. Good for them. You're not supposed <laughs> to add it to your bucket list, I've, I've learned. Anyways, I saw this hair hanger and I remember thinking, oh, like, she doesn't need her arms. She's hanging by her hair. I, so that's I could, it. That's all you want. I could play the violin while I, I'm always looking for like new things that I could do while playing the violin. And anyway, so I... During the pandemic, I'm locked at home. You're crazy. I hired a hair hanging teacher. One, it's really hard to find one. I like combed the internet for a hair hanging teacher. Mid pandemic, flew her to LA. And I tell you what, like, first of all, I had to really convince her in the middle of a pandemic that I would put her up in LA and like have her teach me. And she comes and after our first lesson, she teaches me how to do the hair. And you're literally hanging fully suspended by like a, a braided thing in your hair with a carabiner through it. And you put all your body weight on it and you swing. You don't just hang, you swing. Does it hurt your scalp? It's the most painful thing. <laughs> like, I honestly think someday I'll give childbirth and I'll be like, you know what? what? I hair hung. This is fine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm joking. I've had no disrespect for the women who've had children. I'm kidding. But it was so... But that's like a form of torture, sister. Why do you it, put yourself I, through that? I, that's, I, well, okay. So that's the thing. I don't know why I did it. Um, but the funny thing is, is I was, after that first lesson, I couldn't even take my feet off the ground. I was so sure my scalp was going to rip off. Like you, the pressure on your head and your neck, and I just was like, and she kept promising me your scalp won't rip off, and I was like, no, no, no I can feel it. it's gonna, it's actually tearing right now. So I didn't lift my feet off the ground. She left, went back to her hotel that first day, and I sat there being like, what's worse, the embarrassment of sending her home on an early flight after I convinced her to fly across the country in a pandemic for me, or going to a lesson tomorrow. And I was too embarrassed not to go back. So I kind of had painted myself into a corner. Anyways, I did Wait, it. I is... did it for three months. <laughs> so, 
sorry. Wait, you didn't just paint yourself into a corner for another lesson. Sister, you're in this corner hanging from your scalp for three months. Three months, yeah. Because I had, um, we did this live stream Christmas show, and as part of it, I wanted to hang, I wanted to do a routine where I performed hanging from my hair. So I did it for three months to do that routine. And then after that, I had originally planned that it would be a part of my new show. And like, but after that, I was like, all right, done. <laughs> I did it. And I've never been more proud of myself. Wow. Check. And so now whenever I'm having a hard time doing something, I literally like, sister, you hung from your hair. Yeah, that's. I saw that video. Oh, you did. And I was like, holy shit, that looks like the most painful thing ever. Oh, it and was. It turns out it is. It, is. it was, yeah. Is and it a- the worst part was I asked my coach after like our third lesson, and I'm like literally sobbing. You know, I'm like, it gets easier, right? And she's like, no, but you'll get used to the pain. You'll like learn to understand the pain. And I was like, well, then I'm out. Like, what? But you also oh were playing God. the violin by hanging from your hair. Yeah. How Flat do you destroy it? How do you focus yeah. on that? Oh, you know, it was, that was the point. Anyways, it was just really hard. <laughs> Why did I do it? I actually don't know. No, but it's amazing. Though. But, but, but you could say you've you've done it and I you did can it. do it. Well, and it really is fascinating how far you can push your body. We yeah. were talking about that a second ago. And like, you know, the process of like taking deep breaths through the process and, and also the power of mind over matter mm. of like when every time I would start till the last time I did it, the thought would go through my head like your scalp is going to rip off like it was or your neck is going to snap. But I would remind myself that like you've done it before. And it didn't happen like and I would talk myself through the process and it's amazing like what you can do when you know because we have pain receptors because they're trying to keep you safe and we've attached that to like oh if I'm in pain that's terrifying and the pain goes beyond just pain it goes into like flight or fight and so if you can convince yourself that you're not actually in danger anyways it's a whole mental thing but it is all mental though it's very mental you can rationalize things in the moment in your head that push you to actually go forward with something totally so next time you're all on the treadmill and struggling you remind yourself (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to die (laughs) so do you finish this album and then just start crafting a whole stage show for it yes so what is that process like do you just listen to the songs on repeat and just let your mind go what is it pretty much like well I I kind of have like uh, just a, a little bucket of ideas that I've like always liked you know whether I've seen them in other shows and thought oh I want to like let that inspire me or oh I had this idea years ago but we weren't able to do it so it's always fun to then like almost revisit that that little well of ideas and think oh, what fits with these songs like you know mid-song costume changes always wanted to do it you know someday I'll find the right song that in the middle of a, the song like the dress rips away and suddenly I'm in hot pink you know I don't know you know what I mean like there's just all these things that I'm like I've always wanted to do that and so yeah when even while I was writing the album I kept thinking of things like oh this this is a perfect opener this this song is great for the opening or I need to write a song that feels great for the aerial to like go up in the air like so it's fun to kind of I, I feel like I've done the cycle so many times now that they all kind of blend together and while I'm writing the music I'm also like thinking of music video ideas mm-hmm. or thinking of how it fits into a show because it's just so much a part of the the music to me now that's and it's it's a part of the brand right like it is a part yeah. of the experience of Lindsay Sterling you know that's the thing is like I I always want people to come to my show and really just get the full experience I want them to feel like magical and I always think as I'm planning a show like what are the staple magic moments and in every show I always plant a couple where I just 
want it to feel like when I was like a teenager and I was at Disneyland and it snowed on Main Street during the fireworks show and I was like, oh, and I just felt so magical in that moment and I want there to be little moments in the show that make people like adults and children feel that sense of like, oh, like a moment that when they go home, they're going to talk about their favorite one of those. And so there's a couple in my show that I've planned already and it's it's so fun as a performer and it makes the show feel brand new every night because as you're doing it, you like know it's coming and then you get to watch people's faces light up or smile or laugh at the the little quote-unquote magic moments. It's so fun. And this is something that you have the luxury to do, even monetarily, because <clears throat> core is just you, right? There's no band. Like, you have this ability to... It's true. It's you and a violin. Me you, and my violin. I mean, I definitely... You I've, build crazy shows around that, but beca- because, like... You could do like an Ed Sheeran thing and have a fucking monitor behind you, but nah. That's true. That's true. I could. <laughs> you know, it's um, so much of my show at this point is like involving not only like the band is there, but like involving their personalities into yeah. the show. And like also I've had the same dancers for years and like my fans know their names. And, you know, like I said, it's it's a lot about personality, too. So not only just the spectacle, but finding moments that are like funny and allowing like even my tour manager now has a bit in the show because he's very mm-hmm. funny. And um, so really finding out like this family that I've toured with for years realizing, oh my gosh, like who knew that you were good at that? Like, let's, let's put that into the show. Even my dog ends up on stage. Like (laughs) any resource I have, I'm definitely going to pull the strings and be like, people love dogs. Let's put her in a tutu and have her do something on stage. You know, it just makes it fun. But I mean, the outfits are crazy. The stage show is insane. And do you have to be good at certain venues for the aerial stuff? We do. We have to like really make sure that the venue can handle you know, lifting me and two dancers up into the air and all that fun stuff. Do you do that because you just want to make it fresh or just push yourself to a new limit or? I think it's it's a combo. I mean, um, I just, I love to learn new things. I think it's actually really good to learn new things as yeah. an adult because we get so in our routine and being bad at something becomes so uncomfortable. You know, it's like, I, I hate being bad at this and so a lot of times as adults we don't venture there and um so i i like to constantly or not constantly but every so often when i realize i'm getting kind of rote in my routine it's like well i should i should learn something i should be a student again and ariel started one as hair hanging but then i was like well what else could i do to kind of keep i i enjoyed the thrill of being able to like go up and learn a new craft so anyways it was really fun to start to add that into just my life so hair hanging comes first it's not supposed to jesus christmas (laughs) yeah when i went to like i now do a hoop routine and at first my coach was being really easy on me and she was like you know this is painful like this is gonna hurt because it is it's all very uncomfortable and then the next (laughs) my second lesson she's like "Uh uh-uh i saw a video of you doing a hair hanging routine she's like if you can do that, I am not going easy on you anymore. So, yeah, definitely hair hanging is not supposed to be your intro, but um, you are, I'm you odd. You seem so innocent, and you are, and you're so kind and, and empathetic <laughs> and compassionate, but you're also crazy. Oh, um, odd, yeah. You, you- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're a crazy creative who really likes to push themselves and see how far they go. Like, Yeah. It's like, whether it's a blessing or a curse, I think it's both. I think it's the only reason you're here today. I, I think so. It's always like, what can I do that's new? How can I surprise my fans? and Or how can I just keep myself excited about bored. this? I do. Well, yeah, it's just... Well, even violin. You... you, you, you you took it to where you could until you had to fucking make it light that shit on fire. That's right. Light it up. <laughs> I can't believe you make your own costumes. I do. How long is that? It must take hours and hours and hours. I mean, <clears throat> it's funny. I, I kind of divide and conquer. So I like literally will go down to the fabric district, pick out the fabric, draw the design. And then a lot of times I'll have like a professional seamstress put it together. But then a lot of times I'm the one up late at night watching like Friday Night Lights rhinestoning the thing you know what i mean like um or a lot of times like for my most recent music video um i i just love being crafty i think it's so much fun and from the time i was a kid i was making my own halloween costumes and prom dresses for high school so it's like i just love that and for my most recent music video i wanted us to be these like gaudy skeletons and you know very ornate like regal like i didn't want us in like a onesie i wanted like big hoop skirts and but i couldn't there was nothing online like that and i couldn't find anything and so i figured out that i could make these amazing rib cages out of hot glue like <laughs> i like wrapped a mannequin up in like saran wrap and then drew out a skeleton rib cage and in hot glue just like traced it enough times that you were able to peel it off and it was a full Guys, what? for all those crafters out there, hot glue is like the new poor man's 3D printer. <laughs> it's like you can make whatever you want out of that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. You made spider webs out of it, too. Right? I did. I yeah. saw that. I made spider webs out of it and put it on my violin. And like, um, it, it's so fun to me to like be able to come up with these concepts, craft them out through a bunch of tacky supplies. And then they look magical on, you know, on stage. I'm always like, as long as it looks good, like 10 feet away, we're good. If you get up too close, you realize like, oh gosh, what did you do here? But you know, no one's got to see that there's duct tape in the back. No one cares. It gets a job done. Yeah, it's my a quote on my tour is like that we're held together by you know duct tape and prayers, and it's kind of true. Like the props are all barely hanging on because they were made a lot. A lot of them were made by like us, like my crew and I, and or myself. So, That's like, so why why do we keep it homemade? <laughs> Partially because I like, there, there's like several reasons. One, because I enjoy crafting and it's like sometimes when I'm so tired of practicing or I'm burnt out from writing music, like that's the stuff that I like only I can do and I have to do it. It's kind of nice to settle down at night and like wind down, wind down with a good hot glue gun <laughs> and a skeleton rib cage. Like I find it enjoying, but um, also when you've got a vision for something, sometimes it's really hard and also disappointing when you see that vision come back to you after somebody else has done it, especially because I know I can do it. Mm. So it's sometimes like really frustrating when you're like, you're taking the time to, everybody's like, you got to be better at delegating. But I'm like, well, sometimes it's just 
faster and better. And also, I, I, I do think my show is a little bit better than the show I can afford. And my music videos as well are yeah. better quality than what I would feel as a businesswoman smart to pay mm-hmm. for. Because I do, I do so much in house, and I figure it out. Or my crew guys are like, "We're gonna Jimmy rig this ourselves." Um, and so our show is probably bigger than the kind of budget we have because of that. What What, what do you think you can't do? <laughs> like, I'm awful at bowling. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, um, I, I'm a, I'm a, not a great producer. It's a skill I really wish I had. And of all the things that I've like been like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the grit and I'm gonna learn something new. That's something I haven't had the courage to like invest in and keep doing. And I'm not quite sure why that one's so hard for me to keep doing. I'm good at like, you know, working with producers and guiding them through mm. stuff. But I I really wish I had that skill. Is it technological or is it audible? I think it's a combo of both. Like. You know, when you hear an isolated buzzing sound and you're like, well, that sound good when I put it in the mix. But like great producers hear these weird sounds and they just mm. see how it fits into the puzzle. They know. And I just haven't put in the time enough to know if that makes sense. But you can. You, you, OK, you still think you can do it if you put time in. I think we could do a lot of I think we could do a lot of things if we put the time in. I mean, I'm obviously a musical being. Yeah. I'm I'm a tech person. I edit my own videos. Uh, you know, so I know tech, I know music for so, yeah, don't don't give me that look. I'm like we're just missing that one <laughs> little piece here. Yeah, so it's basically it's probably a bit of a confidence thing of like I I get self-conscious. Writing has always been something I'm super self-conscious about, too. When I go in a studio to write with someone, a writing session, I get really nervous. I sometimes have to, like, sit in my car for, like, an extra two minutes just to be like, you got this. Like, you're good at this. You're fine. Like, get in there. Right. Um, it's it, just hard for me. But is it is it the vulnerability side? Is it? I think it's... Um, it might be a little bit of a control thing of like mm. realizing that when you walk into that room, not control, but like you really don't have any control. I'm a very much, I like to walk into every room, every performance, every whatever, really prepared. Like I know where we're going. I know what's going to happen. And in a writing session, most of the time you can't, you know, you go in and you get to like, like the magic happens for me when I go in and just create from scratch with somebody that's when I write my best music and that's a little scary to just go in sometimes with a stranger you've never met before and you know and in my mind I have to remind myself they're not thinking this but I'm always like wow they probably think I'm a terrible violinist because I'm figuring this part out right now and I should be better you know so all those thoughts go through your mind that you're like I I know that's not true I know that's the last thing they're thinking but in my mind at the moment I'm That's sure it. that they're like, I'm sure that they're thinking, wow, she, how did she get to where she's at? She's actually not that good. Like, that's what's going through my mind. It's hard not to, it's hard to not let that spin. I I, I, I get it. Yeah. So do you, oh, you say, if, if you're doing a song like Joy to the World or Little Drummer Boy, because they're so familiar to people, does it take you a while to pick that up? Like, can you just pick up your violin and play it? Or Yeah, I play really well by ear. So I'm, I'm pretty good at just picking it up and delete <laughs> just like that. Just so, so what do you have to do to make these songs your own? Because you take some of these songs that have been heard a thousand times. Like, yes. how, how do you think? How can I make this Lindsay Starling and not like everybody else? Yeah. Oh, Christmas me. I actually do feel really confident as an arranger. I think that's something I'm really good at. And so, it, Christmas albums are so fun for me because it's like, oh, the assignment's right there. I know exactly <laughs> what I need to do. I know that I, I can figure out this melody. But then it's like, okay. Yeah, what's the reason why anyone would want to hear an instrumental version of this song? Like, why would anyone want to hear mine? Um, but it's always fun to think of, like, 
Well, you know, sometimes the violin can be a little challenging to write music for because you're like, there's not that voice that people gravitate to. So like, um, but also it's like, well, okay, well, what's the positive? Oh, the violin can play a lot faster than the voice can sing. Let's, oh, Celtic music. Like I did Joy to the World in a Celtic Mm -hmm. style because to me, Celtic is the most happy music you can make. It's like the most joyful. So it made sense to do Joy to the World in like a Celtic style and no one had ever done it before. Um, And so it's always fun to just think of like, how far can I push these songs into unique styles that only a violin could do? Um, Feliz Navidad was super fun because I was like, no one's really pushed this in a super like flamenco direction. And it's a, you know, it's a Mexican heritage song. And I was like, well, let's, let's really push it into that genre in a fun way that usually it's, it would be a little harder for a vocalist to push it that far. So it's always, I guess for me, it's just like, how far can I push it over here or over there? Well, that beat on Sleigh Ride is pretty cool, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It bops. It really does. That's... You are in the sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. What do you think? Are you good? Oh, I thought you had to say something. No, I really... Well, I want to say, like, <laughs> do you find writers that you like to work with consistently because maybe sharing or second-guessing yourself in the room? Like, with the with, with consistency and comfort, like, mm. there is something to picking the right people. Absolutely. And... I I do have my people that I go to consistently and it's like, but whenever I start to write like a new, especially original music album, um, to kind of get myself like almost shocked back into it, I like to write with people I've never written with before. Mm. It kind of, because it's almost like a, it is a skill that when you're unpracticed from it, the same way if I don't practice my violin for weeks, like I'm going to really struggle, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of a struggle to get back into it. And writing is the same way when I haven't written for a while and I've been touring and doing all this other stuff, going back into the room with someone again is like, Oh, like I got to get my muscles warmed up. Like that side of my brain has to like, so for me, it's almost really good to go in with people. I don't know to kind of force me really outside of that comfort zone. And it helps me make an album that doesn't sound exactly like my last album by working with some new people. And then once I've gotten back in that mode, I then return to my favorites and I like, you know, cause by then I've kind of maybe figured out a slightly new twist on what I'm doing. It's really interesting. Yeah. Gen- genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it? <laughs> you talk to musicians all day. <laughs> no, I will. And to be honest, like it, it's so funny. Like I, I, I hear we, yeah, we hear different processes all the time but there is something to like shocking your system figuring out where you want to go sonically letting people push you the fuck out of your comfort zone right challenge you a fuck ton really like you're jumping into the the, the deep end of the pool and that pool, yeah. the pool is cold you but, know it's like hair hanging just like <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> but but in doing that you figure like you find yeah. exactly what you said like <clears throat> that challenge opens your eyes to what could be and the new that's maybe been laying dormant within and then it allows yeah. you to go to people you feel the most comfortable with and maybe get more vulnerable records, but in a sonic space that's yeah. maybe connected to what, you know, those more jarring sessions. Right. No, it's for interesting. Sure. Yeah. I, really, very, really, really fucking cool. Uh, Snow Waltz, you got to go see the tour. We're going to put a link in the description below. You got to listen to the album, too. Uh, both links in the description, but really Amazon Music is the place to go. The whole discography is up there, baby. Yes, it is. You need Christmas. Your mom needs Christmas. We all need Christmas. Do you actually love Christmas or does Christmas kind of choose you? I, oh, that's actually a really good question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I love Christmas. I I like anything with a strong theme. Like I love it when someone throws a party and there's a like a theme. Like I've made the mistake of taking themes way too strongly my entire life. Like 
you know, it's fun, like an offbeat story. I went to a, um, what was it? A Peter Pan themed party when I first moved to LA. And I was so excited that like I'd been invited to a party and I showed up as a full blown pirate. Like I was, I was Captain Hook. <laughs> And I walked in and it was a very like mean girls moment where like nobody else had even dressed up. There was like a Tinkerbell cake. And so I just, I I love themes. I go way too hard on a theme. But the thing about Christmas is it is such a strong theme where Mm. there is so much aesthetic to draw from, from color Mm -hmm. palettes to flavors to certain sounds. You hear a certain kind of a bell that's like mixed a certain way. It makes anything sound like Christmas. And so I just love that that is a theme I can dive fully into. Everyone understands the assignment. I will not be at a party dressed as a pirate by myself <laughs> at Christmas. You know what I mean? So, so, so this all stems from fear. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to be alone. Um, yeah. So You're, I mean, Christmas draws a huge crowd. It does. But also, I mean, it's a time of family. It's a yeah. time of tradition. It's a time for... And I, I just love that I've been able to like kind of curate like all my own traditions now within this holiday. Where And I get to go out and share it with so many people. Like, it's like my perfect recipe for like joy. And you reinvent and evolve every single time. Honestly. Well, well thank you. I mean that. The Radio City Music Hall show updating as often as you do. Okay. <laughs> you know, they they run the same story for years. <laughs> but it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. I, I could I can That's tell you it in my sleep. Nice answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna knock on the rockets. Yeah, fuck them. Okay. <laughs> Um, I did watch a video and you said you when you were recording Oh Holy Night you you brought yourself to tears (laughs) did I say that oh wow that's embarrassing I mean (laughs) oh I said that okay Um, well while I was making the arrangement and like hearing it back I think is when I was like oh that was a really um, I guess spiritual version of like the Christmas side for me because like Oh Holy Night it's a song about the night of Jesus' birth and you know I feel like in the last few years I've gone through kind of like a spiritual discovery in a sense where like my faith got weak and I didn't really understand and it's always been a huge part of my life and you know being like scared that suddenly I didn't even know what I believed in anymore and then to like really dig deep and come back to this belief like that same belief of like yes I do believe in this I I personally do believe in Jesus Christ and you know and it is a big part of my life and so it was kind of about that time that I was working on this arrangement for Oh Holy Night where I had just kind of come back to that full faith and here I was getting to write a song and basically bear my testimony of light through music um, and so yeah it did kind of make me emotional <laughs> also a funny thing about that one is I was recording I recorded the whole album at my house and um, I'm a night owl so I, I go really late into the night and there's some vocals in that. I'm not a vocalist. I can sing decently, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm great. But um, I do all the background vocals in my albums that take several takes, you know. <laughs> but the vocals in that one are very, like, wailey and almost, like, kind of yelling. And um, so, like, at, like, one in the morning, I'm, like, yelling and cracking sometimes into this microphone. And I'm like, I really hope that my neighbors, like... <laughs> They can't hear me, right? They're far enough away as I'm like being super vulnerable, like bearing my faith and like yelling these uh-huh. lyrics. Like, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. When you look back at that, do you realize what made you bury your faith? I think, um, 
you know, I've always liked to share like my heart with my audience and wherever that may be, like whether it's, uh, you know, sharing my experience going through anorexia and coming out the other side or if I'm, you know, going through loss and trying to express to people my experience of believing, you know, in angels, like whatever it may be. I just feel like wherever I'm at, I like to bear my heart through my music and um you know, and I've, I've never been one to really write about love. And so, you know, some people get so vulnerable mm-hmm. there. And that's never where I felt my music drew to. So I go into the other side of the heart of like, you know, faith, um, mental health, like um, all those other kinds of deep emotions. And um, so, yeah, and that's where I was at. I felt like I was ready to like bear that testimony again and share that because that's a place where I do feel like I find a lot of my light from. And so to me, it's just what brings light into the world you know it's not about even trying to get people uh, hoping they'll believe in jesus christ as well like that's my version of light but like hoping that through the music people will feel light and they'll find whatever their own is that's everyone has their own version of light yeah that's it's beautiful snow waltz beyond deserves your ear please like we're about to get into the spirit here people like hub two Christmas is coming. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> I know it's what it's October. I know it's a little early. No, no, no. But, Let's get the Lindsay Sterling. You know, coming. I mean, no. you celebrate Christmas eleven months out of the year. Yeah, so I don't understand why people are all <laughs> freaking out. It's October. We're we're almost time. Do you, how like what is your cadence on doing Christmas albums? Is it, is it every year you redo it, or is it every couple years? No, I've done. I did one in like gosh, I think it was two thousand seventeen, and then this is the second one I've done. Got it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that, but you do the Christmas tour every year. I do it every year. Yeah. It's become my holiday tradition. <laughs> no, it's great. Well, because that really, really, truly, that debut album, it is very much a part of people's holidays and very much part of the playlist. And thank you. Yeah. So we always hope that you know you put these albums out, and you, the nice thing about Christmas albums is they they last in a yeah. way that music doesn't last anymore. Um, normally, like everybody's got this palette for just like what's new, what's now. There's totally. the pop rising, and there's oh, there's so much music out there. But holiday returns every year, and it's a chance where your music gets to kind of get re-experienced. And it's really great as an artist to have that ability, like that I can do these, you know, these songs in different iterations every year on tour. Like it's fun. And people want to experience it live. Like people, yeah. you know, a holiday concert, a holiday show. Far and few between, but you're going to the cities, sis. Like you end in Los Angeles, twelve twenty three, but you start very soon, Grand Ra- uh, Yeah. What is it, Grand Prairie, Texas? Yeah, we're going to Texas. We're going all over the South. Um, and I think one of my favorite things about the Christmas tour in general is that so many families come out. Yeah. Like full families come. There's little kids. Like you know, there's teenagers. It's everybody, and it's just I don't know. It's a really jolly time. <laughs> I think if you want to see Lindsay Sterling hang in the air while playing a violin, you must go see. Not by my hair. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, sorry not this dis- time. Sorry to disappoint you. Sorry. <laughs> she will not be dangling from her scalp playing an instrument for you. <laughs> but she will be doing aerial work and she will be playing and she will be bringing Christmas to life. Snow Waltz tour. We're going to put a link in the description below for you. Also, again, listen to Lindsay Sterling's music on Amazon Music. Dan Zola. Yeah, I had one more question. How cool is this? Lindsay Sterling signature Yamaha violin. <gasps> yes. That's awesome. I have a violin, which was really fun. I mean, casual. yeah, ca- casual, just dropping mm. violins. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun to get to like kind of custom, you know, I guess I should say I customize all my violins at this point. I know things I like on them. And um, so I made a violin, you know, with Yamaha that has like the things that I love in a violin and 
you know, now anybody can get it. How many of your own violins do you own? I actually only own one because, well, here's the thing. It mm. takes, um, you seem so disappointed. <laughs> I was like expecting you to have like a palette of them. You deserve more. <laughs> well, but they're they're all the same. You know, I, I have lots of violins, but I have one of my signature one. Part of the reason being is they take a long time to make. You know, they're oh. all made by hand by Luthier. And so we had to wait months for that first shipment of like, I think 200 was the first batch we sold, um, you know. Wow. but. You know they're they're handmade instruments, so I wasn't gonna take extra <laughs> of the palette, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, good good point. You know, <laughs> I don't know why I heard Yamaha. I was like, oh, like there's no way they they have to be mass producing these somewhere. No, they've got a system, but still, handmade. like violins have to be crafted by like the good ones yeah. have to be crafted by by hand. You know, that's really special. You know, they are special. Well, get yourself a Lindsey Sterling Yamaha violin, whether for you play or not. Yeah. <laughs> Get it for get it for bring it to the show. She'll sign it for you. Go to the Snowball okay. store. I'm, I'm committing you to this. <laughs> Making her plans for her. Yes, yes, yes. Sounds, sounds good, Zach. No, I mean if somebody who if somebody's gonna make a huge commitment by going to buy this violin, it's true. and then they're gonna show up to the concert and they're gonna enjoy it, and then they're gonna stalk you out, find you to sign it. What are you gonna say? You can't say. You can't say. No. Can't say no after that. That's a lot of effort. <laughs> can't say no. They've gone a long way to come to you. Um, but seriously, we're gonna put a link to, in the description below. Listen to Lindsay Sterling on Amp. Uh, first and foremost, every Wednesday at five. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're we're coworkers. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Um, Woohoo. <laughs> Lindsay and friends. It's a good time. Yeah. And it's always different. I listened to the last week's episode. You had your managers on. Oh, you listened to last week's. That yes. was funny. Yeah. My managers came on. Sometimes we have, you know, other musicians or actors. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's literally my friends. I'm really excited for the tour episodes, though, because we'll be in a different city every day. Oh, great. And just I'll be chatting with my I'll probably be just bothering my tour crew and like getting them on the show, which will be really fun. That's awesome. That's exactly <laughs> what you should be doing. Absolutely. Lindsay Sterling on AMP. Listen to her music on Amazon Music and go see the Snow Waltz tour, please. Lindsay Sterling. Everybody, Woo! thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, beautiful human, you made it to our conversation with Lindsay Sterling. I genuinely appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Big thanks to Lindsay. Big thanks to GoPuff for delivering today's interview. And please, be safe. Hug your family if you can. At a minimum, remind them that you love them. Don't go to jail and have an amazing day. Subscribe to our podcast, please. Share with those you care about and let us know who we should talk to next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Have an amazing day. Talk soon. Bye. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon.